Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another adventure on the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is June 10th, 2021. This is going to be episode 55. It's going to be called, You Allow the Enemy to Operate in Order to Show the World the Truth About That Enemy. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, in Sacramento today, it was about, I think about 72 degrees today. In June, I was like, what? Something is going on here. You know, uh, I don't trust it. You know, the weather was amazing, but I don't trust it. That means if it was 72 degrees on a day in June, that means it's probably going to be 72,000 degrees in mid-June. So, but yeah, again, I hope you're all doing well. Uh, this is going to be our last segment of the week. Uh, some Got some good stuff to share with you here. And uh, I just want to let you know that God is always there. God is always watching over you and guiding you your steps and things like that if you just rely on him like i told you uh like yesterday i was you know i'm I'm always usually when it comes to like problems in life and things like that stuff you know i usually i'm pretty 99 or 95 i'll say 90 percent of the time or even 95 95 percent of the time i'm pretty strong with it i can deal with things and things like that but then um sometimes you know you just get discouraged and I really, really got discouraged, not about, you know, doing the podcast or anything like that, because I'm going to do this till the day I die, but about certain situation, a certain situation in my life and something that I really uh, always wanted uh, ever since I was like really young. And I don't know too many people who deal with the same situation, um, but I, it really, really got down on me and it was really, really heavy. And so I was just had no strength. I was just sapped. I had nothing left. There was nothing in the tank. I couldn't see past the fog. I couldn't see past the the, the, the wall in my way. I just I was just ready to give up. Um, and I did for a second. I did for a little bit, but you know, um, I I told God I was like, hey, you know, I woke up this morning. And I was still feeling it this morning. You know, I woke up. I told God I was like, hey. I got nothing. I I don't have anything. I I'm lost. I can't see. Uh, I, I there's nothing in the tank. I I just I just don't have it. I don't have anything. And I told God I was like, I need your strength because I have nothing. And later in the day, God really lifted me. You know, there's a song that says, "Love lifted me. Love lifted me." When nothing else could help, love lifted me. And the Bible also says that if we are faithful to, uh, excuse me, sorry. If the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And for my thing, it wasn't about sin or anything like that. Um, that's just a very, very great and interesting verse because uh, I also, in my, my, my personal opinion, I believe that if we are willing to just confess how we feel, about things to God, I feel like uh, he will take care of them himself for us. You know, just be willing to be open with God and everything. Um, just like I told you, just like uh, one of the things is like when I'm on the freeway and uh, I know this Sacramento has some of the worst drivers in uh, on, on planet Earth, probably in the solar system. And so when I'm driving to work, especially on Fridays, because I think Fridays, Fridays are, are uh, 
they're abhorrent to me. I, I think Fridays are the worst day of the week because I'm a public servant and I have to deal with the with the public on, on Friday. They just go nuts. And so when I'm driving to work, especially on Friday, uh, these drivers out here, they make me nervous sometimes. So one thing I'm always praying in the car, I say, uh, Lord, give these drivers the capability and sensibility to drive with responsibility. Well, as a matter of fact, I usually say maniacs. I usually say, Lord, give these maniacs the capability and sensibility to drive with responsibility. Because they are maniacs and they are maniacal on the road. They're uh, a menace to society. A scourge on society. Okay, I digress. Let's go ahead and get into our news here. So, we are seeing that these woke companies like Woca-Cola and others, they're actually having a problem because they can't play, they can't pay their employees to work, okay? Because people don't want their products, people aren't buying their stuff. Uh, companies like Coca-Cola lost like 30-something percent of their revenue and things like that in certain areas because people were not uh, buying their stuff. And so they actually need their employees, not just Coca-Cola, but other companies need their employees to volunteer. And so also inflation is coming and the banks are actually now warning the public about it and people are actually starting to notice this and the people are showing others okay there have been leaked irs documents that show that the elite the rich people and stuff they, they don't pay taxes like the rest of us i don't think any of you are surprised about that and so the enemy they've been trapped by their lies okay that's one thing about lying. So if you're going to lie, you got you got to tell 20 lies to cover up a lie, and then you got to tell 20 more lies to cover up all 20 of those other lies. Okay, it just multiplies on top of each other, and it's not a good place to be in. And so the public is now, you know, the general public is, is starting to find out. They're, they're starting to wake up. This is kind of the great awakening, and they're finding out about these lies and fake news and the big tech and the corrupt politicians who are all uh, intertwined within the same web. Um, and the world is seeing this, okay? It's not that just it's not just the United States, and uh, we're gonna see this is gonna be worldwide, and the system, the corrupt system, is going to be exposed to everyone, and that's why I had to do things like um, the Act of 1871. I think that might have been episode 18, and I had to do things like episode 13, the truth about your money, because I had to show you what the system was. Okay, I had to show you the structure of the systems. And now what I'm doing with my podcast, what I have been doing is showing you how the system is being taken down by we the people, because one man can't do it. It takes we the people to take down the system, just like we did with Andrew Jackson taking down the banking, the second bank of the United States. And so when we look at the economy and the economic stuff, American Airlines is actually asking their workers to volunteer for no pay during a summer travel search because we know that the country is opening up and Americans are traveling more and more. And so this article from Just the News is telling us that American Airlines um, is asking employees to volunteer their time to help. And so the airline was requesting that its headquarters employees uh, volunteer at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport this summer as more people head out of town and to travel after the pandemic. Okay, so according to the Times... American Airlines isn't making its workers volunteer, but if they do give up their time, they won't be paid for the additional effort. Okay, so they actually have to work extra hours when they are not carrying out their regular requirements. Okay, so how many of you would want to just, out of your own goodwill, just go to work? You know, come on now. Uh, I work for the government, and uh, although I do enjoy 
the government paying me and then coming home and talking bad about the government on my podcast. I don't love the government and I wouldn't give them, I wouldn't work for free. Uh-uh. If you're good at anything, don't do it for free. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen at all. And so a gentleman named Rob O'Donnell, uh, he's on Twitter and he tweeted that one year ago, this was purchased for about $2,900. The same order was recorded today for 11000 So he has a, actually has two pallets of wood here. And a year ago in 2020, you could buy this stuff for about $3,000. And now because of inflation and things like that, it's almost $12,000. Okay. What's that like a 400% surge right there? Like 400%. That, that's, that's incredible there. And so we have an article uh, by CNBC, which also talks. They also talk about, talk about inflation as well. They say the Dutch bank is warning of a global time bomb coming due to rising inflation. It says in an out of consensus forecast, Dutch bank is warning of a potential crisis coming from inflation. There's, the economists are saying the effects could be devastating, particularly for the most vulnerable in society. It's, they say that inflation may look uh, like a problem that will go away, but is more likely to persist and lead to a crisis in the years ahead, according to a warning from the Dutch bank uh, economists. So that comes from CNBC.com. And so we're also seeing, uh, you know, it talks about the, you know, they talked about the most vulnerable, but the opposite of the most vulnerable, the least vulnerable, according to secret IRS files, they're showing us that, uh, and, to, and they're saying that, they're saying that, uh, there's a bunch of never-before-seen records that reveal that how the wealthiest avoid income tax and things like that. So in 2007, Jeff Bezos, which uh, who was a multi-billionaire and now he's the richest man, he didn't pay a penny in federal income taxes. He achieved that again in 20, uh, 2011. In 2018, uh, Elon Musk, the second richest person in the world at the time, uh, he paid no federal income taxes either. Michael Bloomberg managed to do the same in recent years. Um, Carl uh, Eken, who's the billionaire investor, did it twice. George Soros paid no federal income tax for three years in a row. It's kind of funny how me and you have to pay income tax and state tax and things like that. And these gentlemen don't pay a penny. You know, you pay a, you pay a couple hundred, maybe you pay a couple thousand, depending on how much you make. And these gentlemen don't pay anything. You know, it always, uh, it always was uh, baffling to me how you see sometimes you see... Um, Maybe some products will come out like, you know, the new PlayStation and things like that and expensive clothes and earbuds and Dre Beats headphones, maybe something like shoes or something like that. And it'll be really expensive. And then you have rich people who promote it, like maybe LeBron James or Steph Curry or um, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady and maybe Will Smith or a singer like Beyonce. And they get it for free. That is incredible because somebody like Beyonce got way more money than people like you or me. Okay, unless one of you here are a billionaire. If you're a billionaire, consider donating 100000 to my podcast. <laughs> now, uh, it says uh, the secret IRS files uh, they are saying that ProPublica has obtained a trove of IRS data on the tax returns of thousands of the nation's wealthiest people. It covers more than 15 years, and it provided an unprecedented look at the financial lives of America's titans, including Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, and Mark Zuckerberg. It shows that not just their income and taxes, but it shows their investments, stock trades, uh, gambling winnings, and even the results of audits. Okay, So all this taken together, it actually demolishes, it, it takes away the, the cornerstone myth of American of the American tax system, that everyone pays their fair share and the richest Americans pay the most. Okay, So the IRS uh, records are also showing that the wealthiest can perfectly legally Pay income taxes that are only a tiny fraction of the hundreds of millions, if not billions, their fortunes grow each year. So, 
Many uh, Americans actually live paycheck to paycheck, and they amass a little bit of wealth, and they pay the federal government a percentage of their income that rises uh, if they earn more. Uh, I actually that actually happened to uh, me, and uh, I remember you know obviously I make a lot more than I did at my previous job landscaping. Um, maybe one day I'll tell you what I do right now. Maybe one day, um, but I actually at my current job now I actually worked like fifty six hours, and because I usually work forty hours a week, and so I worked fifty six hours one week, and then I saw my paycheck. I was like, this is pathetic. They, 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 they tax me so much, you know, and, um, it just wasn't worth my time. You know, it just was not worth my time. Okay. So in recent years, um, the American, um, the immediate American household earned about 70,000 annually and paid 14% in federal taxes. The highest income tax rate was, uh, 37% kicked this year for couples on uh, earnings above 628,000. It says that the confidential tax records obtained by ProPublica show that the ultra-rich effectively sidestep this system. And uh, the website uh, ProPublica.org actually has a full list of all these people. Shows their net worth, their wealth growth, the the income they reported, um, the taxes that they paid, and, the, and then their tax rate. Okay, some of these people are paying, like Warren Buffett, he's paying like 0.1% on tax. Like, that's pathetic. That's awful. Um, compared, you know, compared to what mirror you have to pay. All right. And so I have something that I think you'll find very interesting that I wanted to uh, share with you. Now I had, I had actually typed this up on June 3rd and I kept forgetting to tell you about it. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about, talk about, we're going to talk about hyperinflation and inflation and things like that. So Britain, France, and the United States told Germany that they had to pay reparations after World War One for the damages to European countries. So Germany at this time, from 1918 to 1933, was something called the Weimar Republic. In 1922, Germany defaulted on the reparation payments. And so when the payments were missed, France and Belgium actually sent troops to the industrial areas of Germany, and they began to occupy the railroad stations, mines, steel factories, and other things. Germany told their workers uh, to have a nonviolent and passive resistance to Belgium and France, and so many people actually began to quit their jobs and the government began to print German marks in order to pay the workers who were not working at the time. And so the French actually came in and shot people. 132 were killed and 150,000 workers were removed from the work areas. And this was actually done to hurt the German government. So Germany then decided to print more money in response to this. As they printed more money, because people weren't working, a product shortage began. In 1923, it costed more to print the German marks than what their value was worth. Workers were often paid twice a day because their, their wages were worthless by their lunchtime. During the early parts of the inflation, stamps costed about two or three German marks, and at the peak of the inflation crisis, the hyperinflation, the stamps went up to two million marks, not instead of two or three. Now, the German marks were actually so worthless that people would get wheelbarrows of marks and burn them in order to keep warm because Germany has very harsh winters. And so when Hitler came to power, he completely devalued the German marks and then he printed new marks and reset the currency with a new currency. And so here's my point. 
Under the Biden administration, the stimulus checks were printed over and over again, which adds more paper currency into circulation and devalues it further. When America prints more dollars, it is doing exactly what the Weimar Republic did. Notice that things have risen between 5% to 225% since Joe Biden took office. That's a fact. I don't care what you believe. That's a fact. Now, the money is inflating and it's costing more for people to buy certain things. There are, there are also uh, shortages of products in some areas. It's costing uh, 30% more to buy homes right now. And this is an exact parallel to the Weimar Republic. Now, the American dollar will actually follow the German mark. And so the government will do certain things in order to uh, switch the currency up and things like that. And in the Bible, Revelation chapter 13 actually corroborates the coming of a cashless society. All right, so we're going to move on here and talk about like uh, politics and rights and big tech and things like that. So we have from Breitbart.com, we know that Joe Biden actually revoked the Trump ban on the uh, communist Chinese apps TikTok and WeChat. Um, he actually signed an executive order doing that. So it says Biden's order will institute a new framework for determining the national security risks of transactions involving apps connected to the governments or militaries of foreign adversaries, such as China and their collection of sensitive data from us customers. This is actually a widespread concern as most recently TikTok amended its terms and conditions to indicate that it would collect biometric data from its users, including their face print. And my listeners, you know all about biometric data from my series when AI first met you and how AI technology is, uses your biometric data in order to learn you and track you and things like that. So Trump's executive order was about federal workers not being able to have um, TikTok and things like that on the government phones. They weren't able to after he did that. And so TikTok's parent company is a company called ByteDance and ByteDance is based in China. Joe Biden is owned by China, and it makes sense, okay? He's aiding China's effort to extract data from U.S. citizens and prominent U.S. citizens like members of Congress. And so, remember I talked to you about uh, Amazon uh, allowing companies, uh, uh, excuse me, allowing customers a week to opt out of their new thing that would make uh, Ring doorbell Ring devices and uh, Amazon Echo devices into a wireless network, Kind of like the internet of things that we talked about in the series when AI first met you that can track you and things like that and recognize your voice and biometric and things like that and scan you. And so Amazon, um, I guess it's from TechCrunch.com, says Amazon uh, owns the Ring, the Ring doorbell d device and the company Ring is now refusing to make public how many users had their footage obtained by the police, according to TechCrunch.com. You have to remember that Amazon made all Ring and Echo devices a part of the shared wireless network. They can monitor your actions and watch you. And so we're seeing Google is actually now building a an undersea cable to connect Latin America and the United States. This is coming from Reuters.com. They say Google said on Wednesday it was building an undersea cable that would connect the United States, Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina to bolster internet connection capacity between these regions. The cable is called Firma, excuse me, Firmina, Firmina will be the longest cable in the world, uh, Google said in a blog post, adding that it will run from the east coast of the United States to Los Toninas, Argentina, with additional uh, landings in Praia Grande, Brazil, and Punta del Este, Uruguay. 
they're saying that Firmina will improve access to Google services for users in South America. With 12 fiber pairs, the cable will carry traffic quickly and securely between North and South America, giving users fast, low-latency access to Google products such as Search, Gmail, and YouTube, as well as Google Cloud and services, Google said. And so, could this be connected to 5G? I think it could be. And so I also want you to notice that Europe is also connected uh, by cables as well. And uh, that is the European Union. And could Google be aiding in the creation between of a union between countries in the Western world, like a North American Union, a South American Union, and things like that? And so we're seeing uh, from CBS... They say that they tell us this. We're moving on. CBS tells us this. They say over half of online recruitment and active sex trafficking cases last year occurred on Facebook. And that's according to a report. So they say this. It says this. The majority of online recruitment and active sex trafficking cases in the United States last year took place on Facebook, according to the Human Trafficking Institute's 2020 Federal Human Trafficking Report. They say this, they say the Internet has become the dominant tool that traffickers use to recruit victims and they often recruit them in a, on a number of very common social networking websites. Facebook overwhelmingly is used by traffickers to recruit victims in active sex trafficking cases. They're saying in 2020 in the United States, 59 percent of online recruitment of identified victims in active cases took place on Facebook alone. So six out of ten. The report also states that 65% of identified child sex trafficking victims recruited on social media were recruited through Facebook. So almost 7 out of 10. The tech giant responded to the report's finding in a CBS uh, in a statement to CBS News. They're saying this, quote, Sex trafficking and child exploitation are abhorrent and we don't allow them to be on Facebook. We have policies and technology to prevent these types of abuses and take down any content that violates our rules, unquote. So it's 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 hilarious and amazing to me. That's not hilarious, but it's amazing to me how Facebook can work so hard and all these social media websites can work so hard to stop people like Donald Trump from and, and people who support him from tweeting things out and sending those messages and talking about certain things, but they can't stop the sex traffickers. It's funny. Maybe they don't want to stop the sex traffickers. All right, moving on. I know we're probably going to be here a little bit longer. I think this is going to take the entire 45 minutes. So... Now we're going to move on to uh, the upstanding gentleman himself, the pinnacle of manhood, Hunter Biden. Now we're seeing from WND.com that Hunter Biden actually used the N-word multiple times uh, talking to his white lawyer. And these uh, these come from text messages that were leaked out. Now I'm going to read to you some of Hunter Biden's text messages and I'm going to use the word ninja. Like, you know, ninjas are fighters. So I'm not going to use the word but because I'm not going to do that on my platform. I don't do that. Uh, I'm going to use the word ninja, okay? Now, uh, article says this. It says, Hunter Biden used anti-black racial slurs and accidentally sent an explicit picture when texting his attorney in 2018, according to a report. And the news comes just a week after his father, father decreed uh, racism, excuse me, decried racism uh, while speaking in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, here we go. I say, quote, how much do I owe you? Ninja, you better not be charging me Hennessy rates, unquote. Hunter Biden repeatedly wrote in a text uh, to his attorney on December 13th, 2018. According to messages provided by the outlet, Hunter Biden clarified that he had just, quote, that he had, excuse me, Hunter Biden clarified that he had, quote, just made up that phrase, unquote, when referring to the, quote, Hennessy rate, unquote. 
Now, Hennessy is a relatively expensive brand of, cogn- of the cognac variety of brandy, which is also often negatively connected to black American culture. Meanwhile, Messiahs, who is the attorney, uh, is said to have charged Hunter Biden $845 per hour. Uh, Hennessy doesn't even taste good. It's awful. It's just, uh, they made it popular on, it's just, it's just a fad. Um, you know, that's what people do. You know, people just follow the, uh, the fads and everything like that. It's, it tastes awful. It's awful. And so speaking of, uh, racist, you know, stuff like that, we're seeing from the daily caller, uh, Leo Terrell, who is a civil, a civil, civil rights lawyer. Sorry. He, uh, ripped Hunter Biden for his alleged use of the N-word while speaking on Hannity and Fox News, saying, quote, the Biden family is the Klan family, unquote. He also argued there's likely to be little outrage from Democrats uh, over the reports. He And he, then uh, Leo Terrell goes on and says this. He says, and Joe Biden is the imperial wizard, unquote. So uh, are we surprised that these people are racist? You know, I'm one that says people of both parties are racist, okay? It's no surprise here. I think Mitch McConnell's racist. I think Chuck Schumer's racist. Come on now. I don't think one party is better than the other in that respect. Now, some people may be thinking to themselves, well, Barack Obama wouldn't stand for that. He wouldn't stand. Look, look. They say that Barack Obama is black. No, 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 no. Barack Obama is not black. Okay. He didn't grow up black. His mother was white. His dad was from Kenya. It ain't no black there. Okay. His father was African. His mother was Caucasian. It ain't nothing black about him. Okay. His grandmother even told him to stay away from black people. All right, so moving on here. We're seeing from the Arizona Republican Party on Twitter. Uh, it's called, uh, their handle is at AZGOP. And then they're tweeting about uh, how Kamala Harris and Joe Biden haven't even visited the border, which they haven't. And then they say this. They say more than 160. More than 160. In the past few months, illegal aliens from more than 160 countries have been encountered, encountered at the border. From the context, excuse me, for context, the UN only has 193 members. So, wow. Isn't that crazy? Now, uh, it has a chart here for that says illegal immigrants encounter at the border from uh, that are not from Mexico or the Northern Triangle. This is the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, in January, it was 9,400. In May, it's it was 50,000. Isn't that crazy? So the AZGOP, they go on, they say, and it's not just the number of countries, it's the number of people, too. The number of illegal aliens from beyond Mexico and the Northern Triangle has skyrocketed from 94,000 in January to over 50,000 in May, according to preliminary estimates. And they say, so when Kamala Harris says she's addressing the root causes of Biden's border crisis by avoiding the border, she's not telling the truth. She's lying. People from around the world, including cartels and terrorist organizations, are exploiting Biden's policies to enter the United States. They say the true root cause of this crisis is Biden's terrible open borders agenda, a failed agenda his administration is only doubling down on. And so... From Breitbart.com, we're seeing Guatemala, El Salvador, Mexico all blame the Biden team for the border crisis. Uh, they're saying the Mexican uh, President Andrew Andres Manuel Andres Obrador. He has a hum, he has a long name. He has like 17 names. Okay, so Mexican President Andres Obrador 
has repeatedly in indicated his American counterpart Joe Biden's overwhelming, overwhelmingly more welcoming tone that began to develop during the U.S. presidential campaign near the end of the Trump administration when the migrant surge began has created expectations among immigrants excuse me, migrants from Mexico and Central America that crossing the border is almost guaranteed under the new American commander-in-chief. And so then, of course, you know, Donald Trump has to add his two cents in, you know, talking bad about Joe Biden's border plan. Uh, there's that. And then you also notice that Twitter actually did not take any action against uh, the ProPublica story about the how the ultra-rich don't really pay much in taxes. And Trump actually... Uh, put something out on Telegram. He says this. It's a statement by Donald J. Trump. It says, Congratulations to the country of Nigeria who just banned Twitter because they banned their president. More countries should ban Twitter and Facebook for not allowing free and open speech. All voices should be heard. In the meantime, competitors will emerge and take hold. Who are they to dictate good and evil if they themselves are evil? Perhaps I should have done it while I was president. But Zuckerberg kept calling me and coming to the White House for dinner, telling me how great I was. Notice that. He says, in the meantime, competitors will emerge and take hold. I told you, this is the end of social media as we know it. We're seeing Facebook uh, allowing sex trafficking to go on. We're seeing Mark Zuckerberg emailing Dr. Fauci. Twitter has been losing people on his platform. Twitter had been... Twitter had been working with the government there is a uh, as you know there is a report from judicial watch when they got the 500 page report from the secretary of state of california's office that showed this india raided some twitter offices facebook is dealing with india and australia after facebook blocked australian news and refused to pay australian outlets for their content Big Tech and the mainstream media were shown to be lying about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. We saw Dr. Fauci lie about COVID-19. And then when people posted the truth on social media, Facebook and Twitter were censoring it and working with the government in, in, in a clear display of corporate fascism. And you can bet, you can take it to the bank, that there's going to be more stuff to come out on this. TheGatewayPundit.com has photos that show us of March 21st, uh, 2020 when trump talked about hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin and how they have a great effect on covid how they can really help survival and the media trashed donald trump for it it's unbelievable what 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 went on so the fake news and the corrupt politicians they massaged the stats and called everything a covid death just so that they can make the pandemic, the scamdemic, the plandemic look more deadly. And at the same time, they block the cure from people. This is, this is going to be humongous. They're going to catch a huge lawsuit. People are going to be furious with this. So how do you allow the people to see the enemy for what they really were? You allow the enemy to do their thing and so that people will see oh this is bad these people are evil they duped us so let's take this a little bit further why did trump mention the cure in the beginning did he know what was going on let's go even further so so on our episode yesterday 
we talked about the Cleveland Clinic study, and those who had COVID, you know, there's no need to get vaccinated because they were immune. And so we know that the, we know about the PCR tests and how they're rigged. You can look at, you can uh, listen to my episode 33. I talk all about that. They're they're rigged to make it seem like people had COVID and they produce false pos- positives. And now, if millions of people had COVID, do they need the vaccine? I don't think so. So, why would you need a vaccine passport? That's the million dollar question. And so, moving on, there's a doctor by there's a doctor by the name of Dr. Li Meng Yan. I'm probably butchering that name. I apologize. She tweets this out. She says, "Verified again." The CGGCGG in SARS-CoV-2 genome is part of smoking gun evidence to prove gain-of-function done by the CCP. I I presented analysis with other smoking guns in the first Yan report last September. However, the CCP's unrestricted misinformation campaign dismiss it using lies. So, on her Twitter, she actually has the... um, Showing that the genome has been... It says... The, this ob- observation strongly suggests that this furin cleavage site should be is a result of genetic engineering. And I will try my best to get this picture up on my website, but for some reason it's just not supporting this file type. But I will try my best here. Actually, yeah, I got it on the website. I just now did it. Uh, if you go onto my website, pursuitofruth.info, you'll see the picture. It's outlined in, uh, this picture has two pages to it. Um, you'll see the top of one page and the bottom of the other page, but it has, it's outlined in a purple box and it's even outlined and it's, it has the first Yan report from September, 2020. And even Ted Cruz is commenting on this, uh, saying that it suggests that one COVID escaped from Chinese lab and two, the virus was c- created in a lab through gain of function research, which it absolutely was. So we're going to move on to the Epic times here. They have an article that says the Florida school board postpones a vote on textbooks until publisher addresses the pro BLM and critical race theory content. So on May 7th, the Collier County School Board, CCSB, convened a hearing to discuss the textbooks uh, considered for adoption for use in their school districts. However, it was exposed that one of the publishers for the textbooks being considered, whose name was Halton Milvin Harcourt, had posted a commitment to BLM on their website and the board unanimously voted to postpone their decision until that revelation could be investigated. So... 60 people were at the hearing, the vast majority being parents and other citizens that came to express the opposition to the textbooks uh, that the board proposed to adopt out of fear that contain principles of critical race theory. So they're going for your children. That's that's the thing you got to realize. A lot, all this stupid social justice, woke, BLM, ACAB stuff, it's not aimed at us, whereas people who have some sense, like us, because we have sense, um, it's aimed at the children because they need to create a children of idiots, excuse me, a generation of child idiots who never grow out of their childhood and always believe everything that the government tells them. So that's why they have to change history and do things like that. And so the Federalist is telling us that Iowa is the latest state to ban critical race theory in public schools. Governor Kim Reynolds signed legislation on Tuesday that bans uh, this critical race theory in public schools in Iowa and universities. Uh, she says, critical race theory is about labels and stereotypes, not education. It teaches kids that we should judge others based on race, gender, or sexual identity rather than the content of someone's character. 
Amen to that. She says, I'm proud to have worked with the legislature to promote learning, not discriminatory indoctrination. Oh, bravo. Bravo. She's almost as good as Christy Noem. So, do you remember a little while ago, probably probably about over the, a little about over about a year and a half ago. Well, not even a year and a half ago, probably about 8 9 months ago. Donald Trump actually took a photo out St. John's Church when he was holding a Bible. And the media really jumped all over all over him for that one. And they claimed that Bill Barr, who was the AG at the time, ordered the clearing to allow for Trump's con- controversial photo op. Uh, but that just was not true. They found out that it was fake. Okay, they found out it was fake that Bill Barr ordered that. So they claimed Bill Barr ordered it, ordered it but it wasn't true. And so I don't think people understood what happened when Trump took that photo. When Trump took that photo, he was actually choosing a side. Okay? He was choosing a side when he took that photo. I'll explain more about that stuff in a future episode. And Trump says a, a couple things about this. He says 11 things here. So, one, they lied about Russian collusion. Two, they lied about impeachment hoax one and two. Three, they lied about Lafayette Park, which was the photo op I talked about. Four, they lied about a police officer getting hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. That was the capital where they claimed the police officer was hit with a fire extinguisher and killed. That was a lie. Uh, number five, the insurrection was a lie. It was a false flag. Number six, they lied about the po- the pandemic. It was created and spread all over the world on purpose. Seven, they lied about PCR test results. Eight, they lied about hydroxychloroquine. Nine, they lied about the number of cases and deaths. Ten, they lied about Hunter Biden's laptop, about Joe Biden's quid, quid pro quo. Uh, Eleven, they lied about the election. It was rigged. They cheated. All right, moving on to our last section here. We're talking about the election audits. So... Coming from justinnews.com, a it says that Georgia poll watchers watchers concerns about Biden ballots appearing photocopied led to watchdog inspection. And so, there was a poll manager named Susie Voyoles, Voyles, excuse me. She says that when counting the absentee ballots for the 2020 presidential election, thousands of them, perhaps tens of thousands, for then Democratic nom- presidential nominee Joe Biden appear to have been photocopied. She says that uh, her observation and similar ones from at least three other poll workers prompted them to come forward and swear under penalty of perjury that the ballots looked fake. Now, election watchdogs have used their affidavits to help convince a state judge to unseal all of the 147,000 mail-in ballots counted in Fulton and allow a closer inspection of the suspicious Biden ballots for evidence of counterfeiting. Voiles also said she noticed that all of the ballots were printed on a paper different from others she handled as part of a statewide hand recount of the presidential election. She had also she also said that none were purportedly folded or creased, as she typically observed in mail-in ballots that had been removed from the envelopes. She says this. She says all of them were strangely pristine. And Voiles, uh, for 20 years, she monitored election in Fulton County, which includes... It includes much of Atlanta. Yeah, I'm sorry about that weird cut. I kind of lost my audio here for a second. So from the Gateway Pundit, we're seeing Antrim County uh, Attorney DePerno. He released a bombshell report. He claims the county voting machines were remotely logged into, and this should decertify the internal, the entire Antrim County election. So he said that he broke the news that the tabulator machines in Antrim County can be reopened after the, after the election. The machines can then run more ballots through the tabulator, print off a new tabulator, tape with new ballots, and then backdate that tape to November 3rd. Uh, 
And that essentially means that they can actually like run a ballot through as you listen to this podcast and say that Joe Biden got one more vote, even here on June 10th. Uh, and it'll say that it was tabulated November 3rd. And so on Tuesday, DePerno dropped another bomb that says he, this should be, that says, uh, that he says should disqualify the 2020 Antrim County election. And according to DePerno, the voting machines from Dominion were accessed from the outside and remotely logged into after the election. He said, and then again, it says that he, uh, says that this should decertify the county's election, uh, result. And so, I have a Telegram post from CodeMonkeyZ. He says the EMS is essentially the brains of the election. It tallies the votes and prepares the final output for the county. If the EMS was accessed remotely and anonymously, that means the entire county's election is compromised. And so, moving on to Sweet Home, Arizona, the gold standard. Now, the Gateway Pundit says, Vernon Vernon Jones in Arizona. They say only three pallets remain to be counted. Officials expecting huge ballot discrepancies. Say They say Mindy Robinson is leading the way to get a forensic audit in Nevada where ballots were found scattered all over the place on sidewalks and elsewhere. She says, me and other patriots just um, just dropped our sworn notarized affidavits to serve Governor, Governor Sisolak's office, uh, a notice of maladministration and demand a full forensic audit of the 2020 November election. We're also sending out certified mail copies to the Secretary of State and other necessary officials. The required transparency for elections was not met, and it is our right under the state constitution to receive an audit and have full accountability in our elections. The government works for us, not the other way around. That one comes from the nationalfile.com. And Arizona says, Virginia is the next state to send delegates to Maricopa County audit. More states to come. And so... Military news, AmericanMilitaryNews.com, it tells us that 60 members of Congress, at least, both Democrats and Republicans, have been unable to access their constituent data for weeks after they were targeted in a recent ransomware attack. At reports were first revealed on Tuesday, and that comes from AmericanMilitaryNews.com. And so, a Telegram post by Mel Q. They quote Monkey Z, and Monkey Z says, "Are are the recent domestic ransomware attacks in alphabet?" agency dry run for their clandestine offensive network security forces government weaponized hackers explain the incompetence and why their story fell apart so quickly and so there's somebody by the name of pepe lives matter on telegram he says this he says if it isn't clear to you by now the plan always included the complete and utter exposure of our rigged election system so that this never happens again long-term solutions are manifesting as we speak you can't simply tell the people you have to show them that's exactly what we are experiencing now. The plan is 117% still on track, and there is no reason to be wear, to be worried. Pepe goes on. They say, uh, they say, focus less on timelines and dates, and more on the enormity of what's happening. They'll never be able to easily rig another election again once this is finished. This is just another chapter in the systematic destruction of the old guard. By bringing every voting scheme into the light and fixing every loop here, loophole, their power will be diminished. So much of the justice that we've all been longing for will come. But in the meantime, this piece of the plan should not be undervalued in its significance. And there's a quote by Morpheus that says, What happened, happened, and could not have happened any other way. So, thank you all so much for listening. I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God sent his son. 
thank you again for listening. I hope you all are being well, being safe, keeping cool out there in this summer because it's going to be a billion degrees. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you next week. And I'm going to have a load of information for you on Tuesday.